and I think keeping that in the front of your mind too, as um, an advocate is just knowing that you're doing what's best for your child. And that might ruffle some feathers with family or friends or teachers. Um, but in the end, if it helps your child, then it's all okay and worth it. Hello, my gorgeous, confident queens, kings, and monarchs out there. This is your confident mama out here ready for season two of getting to share some incredible interviews to help us all live our best, most confident lives as parents, partners, and business owners. Let's get going. Good afternoon, Tiffany. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to see you and get to talk to you again. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's been a while. Been a while. Well, um, do you want to just start out by introducing yourself a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, so my name is Tiffany. Um, and for the majority of the last few years, I've been a stay-at-home mom. Um, had jobs here and there just to kind of help out the family. But my primary focus has been um, staying at home uh, with my kiddo um, who has um, autism and some other challenges. So I love staying home with him and being able to help him. Um, and that's kind of the bulk of what I do is help uh, give him support and resources and make sure everything at home is taken care of right now. And he is the cutest little dude ever. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I think so too, but I'm a little biased. So. <laughs> you can be biased. Your mom, that's your job, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So um, can you tell us a little bit about what it's been like for you as a parent of a child with, you know, special needs and kind of how you've navigated that? Sure. Um, I mean, obviously it's something nobody really, um, you don't really expect it. Um and it's been a lot of up and down emotionally. Um, you know, he was hitting all of his milestones and seemed pretty neurotypical, like pretty average. And until about 11 to 12 months is when we noticed um, there was some regression in some things. Like he was saying mom and dad, and then all of a sudden it was gone. Um, he was able to kind of point at things and, and get our attention that way. And then all of a sudden that kind of stopped. And so um, that was a little challenging to go from seeing such awesome progress to being a little stumped. Um, and luckily we had amazing doctors that kind of heard us out and got us early intervention right away. Um, so he started speech therapy at 14 to 15 months um, and they were the ones that kind of said, hey, he might have autism, um, something to kind of watch for. Um, and luckily I also have a background in special education as part of my degree. So I was also already kind of um, on that road, but having that confirmation was nice. <laughs> um, and ever since then, um, you know, we waited until about three to get an official diagnosis done, but um, he does have autism and what's called a development, a global developmental delay, meaning he's delayed in most all areas, communication, social ability, um, taking care of himself, all of that. Um, and he just kind of, we support him with what therapies we can and at home with um, kind of some play support and uh, just do the best we can to help him out. But it's definitely, you know, every day is different. Every day is an adventure. <laughs> you never know what to expect. So I think that's parenting in general. But right. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's been really interesting and it's really helped 
um, myself and my husband grow um, as people and as parents as well. So, um, you know, it's a hard experience, but it's been worth it overall. Definitely. I, so my question for you is like, I know um, lots of parents that, you know, maybe aren't sure, like if their child is meeting like those developmental milestones or anything like that, like where can a parent start if they think that their child like might be behind in some of those areas and like, how do they go about like starting to advocate for their child if they think that's something that they need? Yeah. Something I wish that I had known and done is get it done as soon as possible. Um, they say the earlier the intervention, the better, because with some, depending on what's causing the delay, um, you know, if it's just like a speech delay, the earlier you can get help, the less behind they get, um, or, you know, whatever kind of, of problem you're having um, or concern you're having, the earlier you get help, the better off you are and the more resources you can find. Um, and when I kind of started having concerns, I kind of, I got brushed off a lot. I had some family members be like, oh, he's just a boy. He's a little behind. He'll catch up. Or um, I had a family member tell me if I stopped babying him, he'd be better. And so all of a sudden it was like this complex of like, well, I'm causing it. It's my fault. And I wish I had had somebody to tell me, you know, if you have concerns, trust your gut, talk to your doctor. And most of the time, the doctors, your pediatrician should have resources um, to help you get started and get um the help that you need. Um, and if your doctor isn't listening, a lot of times um, there are federally mandated uh, early intervention programs that you can contact. They're free of charge and they'll do um, an evaluation for you and kind of see where you're at. So that's another good route to go if the doctors aren't really helping you out. 100%. Um, my son goes to a developmental preschool, which is a federally funded preschool that specializes in like early childhood interventions and stuff and so he's been getting screenings done since he was like six months old or something like that for you know hearing sight all of that different yeah. stuff um and my son has uh color blindness it runs in my family so that's something like they're able to help kind of <laughs> work with him which, yeah I mean I mean that's not a huge you know deal but colors are definitely a part of like growing up and getting ready for kindergarten right. so um, right it's been nice to like kind of have that along the way and like he has glasses now and stuff because they realized that he you know needed something for his sight so it's been nice to be able to just like get in early to those like screenings and they were always free which is super nice yeah, and that's, I think a lot of parents don't know that they are most of the time free programs. If you get help before they turn five, it's kind of when you wait until after they turn five that it becomes a little dicey in terms of like insurance and pricing and things like that. So that's another reason to get it done as early as you can is because most of the time the programs are free. So yeah, agreed. Well, and I know you kind of brought this up a little bit earlier that you had like friends and family trying to like kind of tell you about your own child, which I feel like we've all run into that at some point yeah. during our parenting. But how did you kind of like navigate that as you're going through the process of getting him like screenings done and, you know, these diagnoses and stuff? How did you communicate that with family and make sure that you're like advocating for him with family and friends because sometimes that can be the hardest part of it right right um 
I think the first best thing um, that really helped was having somebody on my side. So having my spouse, my husband um, was always a really good support because he could see what I was seeing. He attended meetings with me um, and he was always there on days when I kind of felt like I didn't, you know, I was being defeated, like nobody was really listening. So having an advocate in my corner too was really helpful. Um, and it wasn't easy, but setting boundaries with them on, um, you know, this is what we feel good. This is what we're going to do. And we don't need you to talk us out of it. We need your support was something we set right away. So right after his first evaluation, we called some of our family members and we said, Hey, this is what the experts are saying. We agree. We've noticed these same things. Um, this is how we're going to proceed. We'd love your support. We'd love you to help. Um, we know it's a lot of information, so take your time to absorb it, but this is what we're going to do. Um, and just staying firm with that because I knew it was the best for my son. And I think keeping that in the front of your mind too, as um, an advocate is just knowing that you're doing what's best for your child. And that might ruffle some feathers with family or friends or teachers. Um, but in the end, if it helps your child, then it's all okay and worth it. So um, in terms of family, again, just setting those firm boundaries of like, this is what we're doing and we'd love your support, but if not, you know, that's, that's sad. Um, we don't, we don't need negativity. We need support. So. I 100% agree. Boundaries are always a big, big deal, no matter yeah. what. <laughs> right. And it was a big learning experience because I'm not one to be confrontational or get no. <laughs> in people's faces. Um, but I, I had to come to a point where I love my son more than I love my comfort. I love that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's so good. And yes, I've been around you for a very long time. You are not a confrontational person, but I do love, like, I have seen all of your content and information that you've been posting on social media. Um, and you're very like straight to the point, like this is what's going on. This is how you can best support me. Here are the boundaries I'm setting. And like, even just like doing it through social media is like a great way to do it. Um, and I know you just started a new like social media page specifically for this. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so Going through this process, it's been really hard to find resources, especially in um, the state of Wyoming. We're Wyoming's a little bit behind, and by a little bit, we're like doing a programs. Lot. Yeah, we're doing programs that California used 20 years ago. Um, and so, my husband was in the Marine Corps. We've traveled around. We've seen the difference in different states and their early interventions. And so, that kind of inspired me to create this page. It's called Let's Grow, G-R-O-W, and then W-Y-O, like Wyoming. And um, I created the page just to help other parents find the resources quicker than I did, because it took me about five months to figure out how to help him, where to go, what resources work best, where were good companies versus kind of sketchy ones. Um, and so my hope with the page is to one, help parents in Wyoming find those resources quicker than I did, but also to share some just basic knowledge about autism, because also the state is just not super well versed in autism. It's not something we talk a lot about yet. Um, it's not something there's a lot of support for yet. And so any awareness that I can help get out is something I would love to do and help people with. So, yeah. Um, Wyoming has always been very behind on yeah. all of that different stuff. And I've seen some of your things like 
he just got approved for like some program but like the resources to back it aren't there so it doesn't yeah. really matter yeah it's it's super frustrating we like you said we got apply we uh, got approved for this program that would help my son get extra speech therapy and um it would help him get extra like aba um like behavior therapy and things like that if we chose to go that route um but there's no funding so we can't even access it for they estimate until he turns five to six so it's a bit of a bummer <laughs> it's really hard to navigate that is so ridiculous why would they even bring you through that whole process if there's not even the resources behind it. Right. And the wait is because of the wait list. Um, there's people just waiting. And essentially once the good news is once he's on it, it's a lifelong program. It's it. So he'll have it for life. He'll be able to have access to these resources and stuff. So it's worth the wait to get on, but it's just, they don't tell you up front, it's going to be a two year waiting period before you can even use it. So we got a lot of hopes up and we're like, yes, this will be great. He'll get all the help he needs. And then it was like a <laughs> crash and burn. So we're doing our best now to just fill in those gaps um, with different resources we're finding. And that's part of what I'll be posting on that page about is where we found those resources and where other parents can find them too. I love that. I, and I think that's like one of the best things we can do is like, you know, take our own personal struggles and turn it into positives that we can use to help other people who are going through the same thing. Right, right. And that's exactly what I've seen on your page too. It's always helpful um, to me and, you know, my challenges with body or, or confidence or whatever. So it's been, it's great to see this um, place where we are as a, a society where we can kind of take semi-negative experiences and turn them in, like you said, to things that help each other. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I guess my biggest question for you is how can those of us around you that don't have, you know, kids with special needs or anything like that better support like families like yours? Um, so, I mean, I think the first thing to remember, um, and I looked these up because I wanted to give exact numbers, one in every 18 kids is disabled one in 18 people, I guess I should say, is disabled in some degree, whether it be something like colorblindness, like you mentioned, or autism or um, Down syndrome, whatever it may be, one in 18 people is going to experience that, um, some kind of handicap in their life. And then one in 40, this is hit or miss depending on the, the source, but one in 40 people are, are autistic. Um, so when you think about this, you know, if your child's in a class of 20, one of those kids is likely disabled, you know, and then through the course of even elementary school, they're going to be around five to six kids that have some type of disability. Um, and so I think my biggest thing I would advocate for um, and share is just talk to your kids about disabilities and talk to them about um, being accepting and, and being loving and being understanding for those that are a little different. Um, you'd be amazed how often I take my kiddo to the park and um, he's nonverbal. And as soon as kids realize he doesn't talk, they have no interest in playing with him anymore. Um, and it breaks your mom, your mama heart because you know, like he's a good kid and he loves playing with kids and he loves getting out and doing things. So to see people kind of treat him poorly, um, it just stinks. So if we can all kind of help our kiddos um, learn that from a young age and learn to be kind and loving to those that have disabilities, I think that's the greatest thing you can do for a family um, and even model that, you know, as parents, if you see somebody at the store that um, is disabled, that needs some help, you know, helping them reach a shelf or 
Um, you know, if you're out in public and you were to see me and you come up and you just talk to Caden like he's a normal person and, and modeling that um, for your kiddo, that's a great uh, blessing too. Um, so those are like my biggest ones. Um, some other things that I think are great are invite families to events with you, even if they may or may not be able to come. Um, we get left out of a lot of things just because um, people think Caden may not be able to do it or to participate or that it might be too much. And I think that needs to be for us to decide and um, kind of base it on where our kiddo is at the time and not necessarily for people to decide for us. Um, so that's a big one, just inviting us out, um, letting us decide where, we, where we're at as family. Um, and then the last one, which I wrote down, I just think this is great, is um, creating events where we do feel welcome and we don't have to worry and we don't have to wonder if our kiddo is going to have a good time, you know, um, instead of invite, inviting us to a huge concert with sounds and lights and stuff flashing where, you know, like my kiddo probably is not going to enjoy that, you know, take us and invite us to the park where he has room to run, where he can play, where he can be comfortable, um, where we have some space where he can sit by himself for a minute if he gets overwhelmed. That way we're still included. We can have a good time. Uh, you know, the adults can socialize, but it also gives you know, our kiddos with disabilities a chance to participate to their comfort level. So those are kind of my big ones that um, I wish people could could help us out with a little bit. Yeah, I 100% was going to say, like, it comes down to, like, the parents modeling that behavior for the kids, because kids will copy whatever we do and we say, yep. <laughs> regardless of whether that's good or bad. So it all comes yep. down to us and you know, starting with ourselves. Yeah. And if we can just educate ourselves as parents on varying disabilities and, and, um, you know, podcasts like this, things like that, um, then when the opportunity comes up to share, we're not grasping at straws. And so that's the other reason I kind of created that page so that people can get basic information about autism. So when your kid comes to you and say, you know, says, hey, mom, why is that kid flapping his hands? You know, you can give some background, you can give some support. Um, and along those same lines, I think a great thing to know, at least for me, and I think the majority of special needs parents is don't be afraid to ask us, you know, if you don't know an answer, I am more than happy to say like, hey, this is why my kiddo does it. This is how it helps him. Or, you know, this is why he does this. Um, so when we're knowledge, you know, we have knowledge as parents that helps our kids too. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and you brought up um, kind of earlier when we started that you feel like being able to be Caden's mom has, you know, been super beneficial for you in a lot of ways and your husband. What would you say are some of the best and kind of hardest parts of raising a special needs kiddo? Yeah. Um, so when you asked me to be on the podcast and gave us a list of questions, I kind of talked to my husband about it. And the hardest part we think for us personally is um, just lack of resources. There's just not a lot of help for kids like this um, that have special needs, especially during the pandemic. Um, oh, yeah. We really got, yeah, I'm sure you experienced it too. Like, you know, we got cut off. Our speech therapist couldn't come and see him anymore. Um, and he has trouble making eye contact. So computers weren't working. It didn't do anything for him. He couldn't look at them to, to copy anything. Um, you know, so just having lack of resources, lack of funding, um, 
is one of our biggest challenges. Um, and my husband said for him, one of his hardest things that he's had to work through is just um, giving our son the space to grow at his space and not setting expectations of like, well, other kids his age are doing this, you know, it's hard that he's not. Um, and sometimes that is, you know, it does happen. You feel a little like, man, I wish you could experience this or man, like, ah, this is so hard for you. And you don't want your kiddo to experience that. And so having to navigate that little bit of selfishness in, um, us as parents and remembering that he's his own person and it'll happen when it happens, um, is part of the hard part, but um, the best part is also being able to appreciate those little moments when they do happen, you know? So um, for example, he, part of the reason he doesn't talk yet, they call it is he's lacking joint attention. He doesn't focus on what we're focusing on. So if we're playing with a toy, he is off in his own world and has no idea. Um, but recently he started combining on that joint attention and being able to, like if we are um, coloring, he'll come and color with us. And so we appreciate those little milestones a lot more than I think some parents without a special needs kid do, because you just kind of, it's just normal. You just, it just happens and you don't think about it until it's not there. Um, or, you know, my kiddo's nonverbal. Um, so when he gets really close to saying a word or he makes a new sound, we go crazy at our house. It's a big party. So um, the best part has been able to appreciate the little things a lot more than I think I would have at a, you know, faster, normal developmental pace. So. Yeah, that's amazing. I can imagine, you know, like just him even saying mom or dad, like would be like the most amazing thing. Yeah. Um, I love that about kids is that they make you like pay attention to more of those small things, but even more so in your situation. So. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Well, um, do you want to kind of let us know where we can find you and maybe some of the resources that like you have found to help you the most? Yeah. Um, so again, I'll be on the let's grow YO page. Um, if you're interested in learning about autism and in general, I will post special needs um, generalization posts just to kind of help parents learn how to approach kiddos with disabilities or how to talk to your kiddo. Um, so that's one place. And then also I'm just on Instagram under my name, Tiffany Arnell. Um, and I'm happy to have anybody there that kind of is curious about my day to day with my kiddo or whatever I'm posting. Um, and uh, in terms of resources, um, if you have concerns for your kiddo or you're looking for some help, um, again, I would just uh, first send you back to your pediatricians. They usually have the most up-to-date resources in your area. If they don't seem like they're helping, there is a federally mandated early start intervention program in each state. Um, and you should be able to find that through your local CDC, um, Child Development Centers, um, or again, um, Google is great. <laughs> That's how I found about the one in um, Wyoming here. Um, and then, you know, just don't overestimate the help, the help that you can get the earlier you get in. So just, you know, looking for those resources as soon as you have a concern is the best thing you can do for your kiddo. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Y'all, wasn't that just incredible? 
Thank you for being here with me today. And if you loved this episode, please leave us a review and share and tag us on all your socials. We'll see you next time.